Hey there, this is Brian. I'm the host of the Engaging Missions show. If you've found this show for the first time, I did want to take a second to let you know that this show is not currently in production. You're certainly welcome to check out all of the archives, but we don't have new episodes coming out at the moment. However, I did want to take a second to highlight one of the sponsors that sponsored the show a while ago. They're not currently sponsoring the show, but if you're looking for a place to invest in the kingdom, I'd recommend checking out Mega Voice Audio Bibles. You can find them at megavoice.com, or you'll find a link in the show notes, and I would encourage you to just check that out and see if maybe that's a fit for your giving. There's no compensation here or anything like that. I just wanted to highlight them. And with that, I'll get you back into the regular program. This is the Engaging Missions Show, episode 276. This week we're talking with Don Armstead about how incredible things can happen when we follow Jesus. No matter where I go, it's like worship is a great way to connect with other believers. Yeah. And it's priceless. Welcome to the Engaging Missions Show, where we are bringing missions home. Here's your host, Brian Ensminger. Thanks so much for stopping by and welcome to the show. Our goal is to equip, challenge, and inspire you. This week we're talking with Don Armstead about things like providence and faithfulness and servanthood, leadership and worship and obedience. And while those might seem mundane to some people, they can actually lead to some pretty incredible things when God is involved and when we're following him. Before we get to that, I do want to say a quick welcome to Kelsey, Scott, and Amy, who all recently liked the Engaging Missions Facebook page. Welcome. It's great to have you. If you're listening and you haven't connected on Facebook, you can find us at facebook.com slash engagingmissions. And one other quick note before we go to our time with Don is that since I'm not publishing quite as often, I have a resource for you where you can find some other great content as well. That'll be at the end right after our interview with Don. All right, today we have with us Don Armstead. He's been a licensed minister for over 30 years with a ministry that involved assisting his father who pastored a church for 32 years. He still serves there as the director of worship. He's involved in administration and education and the minister of music. However, he's chosen to minister bivocationally so that he can travel to the Philippines for extended periods of time for ministry. Don, welcome to the show. Thanks, Brian. I'm glad, I'm honored to be a guest on your show. Oh, this is stellar. It's been so neat to kind of get to know you over the couple times we've chatted, and I'm really looking forward to to sharing a little bit about what God's done in your life, because as I look over it, I'm, I'm just amazed at what God's done. But I kind of wanted to start in the middle, because God's given you some really interesting transition points, and I think some of that started with ministering with your father or assisting him as a minister at the church. What was that like? What did you do? Well... It was kind of interesting because actually I had lived in Chicago for about 10 years and that's where I accepted my calling into ministry when I relocated back to Lubbock, Texas here mm-hmm. under my father's ministry. It was a matter of, uh, well, I came only because I felt led of the Lord. Mm-hmm. That was why I came back. And there were so many different things that needed to be done in my father's ministry. And I I was equipped to do them. So I just kind of did everything, whatever was needed, Mm. you know, just serve however circumstances presented themselves. Okay. While you were there, was there any particular aspect of ministry that you were focused on? Well, there was a challenge with it. Although it was an established ministry, 
the weakness was order. There was a lack of, of order in the structure because it was very family oriented. And many times with family oriented ministries, things become very casual. Okay. And it was just important that we did not see our relationship with God or our assignment from God as casual. And so I dealt a lot with the foundation, the structure and stabilization of things and helping in every way that I could to make sure that everything was done, not because of tradition, but because of scripture. Mm. When you make that kind of change, I suspect that there's a little bit of work. Like it's not just, Hey, we say we're going to do this and everybody's happy and clapping and you go and do it. But you know, there's, there's, there's relational friction, right. That sharpens us and makes us better. What was that like? Well, it was really about paying close attention to the direction of the Holy spirit because he knows how to manage the relationships and he knows where the sensitive areas are and how to love the people. And it's like loving the people into alignment with God's Mm. word and lovingly pointing out or revealing God's truth Mm -hmm. in the situation. Say, for example, it was Bible study and someone says, well, my mother always taught me this. And so my way of, you know, just lovingly letting them know that's great. However, (laughs) The word of God says this, your mother, she may have learned it from her mother and her mother's mother, but this is what our foundation is. And, you know, so just making sure that everything was grounded in the word of God. Yeah. Were were there any times when you walked into a situation where you kind of went to God, I don't know how you're going to work this out. And he, he really did something with it. (laughs) Um, yes. Well, like when I, well, actually, you know, it's like my music ministry. You know, I, I've always been a worshiper, but I never played piano. I played a lot of other instruments, but never uh, keyboard. Mm. And I went to a rehearsal and it was a month before Easter. And I was just like, okay, so what are you going to do? What's your preparation for Easter? You know, this is a Super yeah. Bowl year. And the the piano player was just that, just the piano player in the choir. They were like, yeah, we're just going to sing whatever, you know, it's like, no, you have to <laughs> sing. you know, this is a big day. And they said, well, why don't you teach us something? Mind you, I had only been there. I had only been back for maybe a, maybe a, two months or so. I said, okay. And I taught them the words of a favorite song a favorite gospel song about the resurrection, the the crucifixion and resurrection. And I said, next week, I'll play it for you. And I didn't know how to play, (laughs) but I knew that the piano player that they had was not going to be able to play it. And I just uh, prayed. I had a cassette. (laughs) And uh, this is how long ago it was. I had a cassette. I put it in and I listened to the cassette and I wrote, According to my understanding, I wrote the notes and everything, and I learned to play. And I do what I did not know is I did not know I was learning to play in a somewhat challenging key for a lot of musicians, C sharp, and oh. also <laughs> yeah. that I was learning some complex chords. I didn't know any of that. I just knew I was playing this song, and so uh, I didn't know it was supposed to be difficult. And so in rehearsal the next week, I played the introduction. 
And then the choir, they wouldn't sing. Their mouths were open because they were kind of shocked that I played this. But it's like, and so I basically played and prayed. I prayed and played. (laughs) And it's one of those things where it was like, now I'm very grateful for that time Hmm. because it required me to surrender, but also to trust God and to really just want to please him. And in doing so, I acquired a tool 20 years ago that blesses me in ministry today so that no matter where I go, it's like worship is a great way to connect with other believers Yeah, and it's priceless. Yeah. When I was thinking about our time together, the the thing that kept coming back to me was providence. And I'm, I'm just wondering, how do you... What are some of the ways that you've seen God's providence over the the years and the decades? Oh wow, man, that's that's huge. <sighs> well, I guess growing up in small town USA, when I moved to Chicago, I moved there because I felt led of God to do mm. so. And in my time with him, I heard him saying that he wanted to teach me things that were not accessible here oh, in my hometown yeah and i said okay and and it's funny because see during that time i had never been to chicago all i knew about chicago was from television i knew about public aid i knew about the tv show good times and i knew about gangs and gang okay. violence <laughs> that was all i knew yeah. and this was uh 1988 but i went you know and because uh, i had a sister and her family that were there mm. and I, I was very afraid, but I learned to trust God, even in the fear. And that became a somewhat of a, a pattern with me for other times where I had to trust God, even coming back home. Yeah. Coming back home when my career was soaring. I was a banking operations manager there. My career was soaring. However, I wanted to remain surrendered to God Mm -hmm. and his calling. And I came back home to work with dad, Mm -hmm. but to surrender to God's calling Mm -hmm. because my father wanted me to be the next pastor. And I kept explaining to my father, dad, I'm not here to be the next pastor. I'm here to serve, Mm -hmm. but the ministry God is calling me to is beyond the walls of this church just to see how God ordered everything so that when my father, my father passed away Hmm. of uh, cancer in 2012. And it was, it was good that I was not living in this town. I was managing a hotel over two hours away. So I lived uh, in another place. So one of my sisters who's also in ministry, she was installed as interim pastor while dad was sick but of course they thought dad was coming coming back but he didn't Mm. but it was a blessing to me in that because if i was here all of the weight of the ministry would have automatically come to me sure and so it was a blessing to not be here during that time of transition and then i came to support her and to guide and so basically then i guided the church through uh three years of transition without my father Mm. but i I watched god just equip me and prepare me you know as i i started new ministries at our church you know feeding the homeless and ministering to the seniors and things like that and i saw him equipping me for things that i needed 
in the mission field. Wow. You're just hitting some of the things that I wanted to talk about as far as like how things happened when, when your father died and how God kind of laid that out. And you've, you've laid all of that out already, which is great. One of the things that kind of stuck out to me was, I think I heard you say you were in banking operations and then you were managing a hotel. Was that a career transition? Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's well, coming, relocating from Chicago okay. to Lubbock, Texas. There were some challenges, uh, okay. in, you know, career-wise, and being at the level of banking that I was in in my career, it was not easy to kind of to get into the industry here. Okay, and so basically, like, you know, that door is not open. Okay, Lord, what other door is open? Going right. to another door, and so I wound up in the hotel industry, which is a blessing. This is, um, this is amazing yeah. right here. Okay. It was a blessing because, well, first of all, the fruit of the spirit, you know, they, they're not for you. They're for those around you. And so with the fruit of the spirit, it, as a manager, that the fruit of the spirit guide me and, and, and minister to those around me so that I've developed a reputation as a, being a great manager. But in the hotel industry, I developed a reputation as a culture changer. The guy who can come into your hotel and change the atmosphere. Your hotel is failing. Don can change the atmosphere and make that a more successful wow. hotel. But it was all the fruit of the spirit but, and the blessing of that. This is, I mean, this is what's amazing to me yeah. is that as God unfolds the vision for the ministry in the Philippines, I feel the call as I move forward in preparing to build a headquarters there, I feel the, the call to build a missionary hostel. Okay where missionaries can come and stay. Ministries can have a place to stay in that area when they're traveling and also to accommodate missionary travel between the U.S. and the Philippines, especially for okay. people who, some people who want to come, maybe they come and do a seminar or whatever, or, come and, or they come and experience the mission field without having to be as adventurous as I am. Okay. And it's like, I'm like, wait a minute. So the hotel industry stuff is coming right back yeah. into, <laughs> into play. And it just reminds me of how I, I love that God never wastes anything. He does not waste yeah. your experiences. Man, I'm really glad you tied that tied those pieces together about the preparation with the hotel and then the missionary travel stuff because I wasn't really making that connection until you made it for me. So <laughs> I'm learning from you right now. Let's talk about the the Philippines because that's what you're doing now. So what was it that took you there the first time? Well, initially I was invited by a Christian youth camp director in Hawaii. I was invited to be the worship leader. Okay for a camp. So initially it was supposed to be about two weeks. That was in 2000, 2011. That was 2011 in the fall of 2011. And in the beginning of, in the spring of 2012, my father took a turn for the worst and okay. I had to cancel because I was supposed to go to the Philippines in April. I had to cancel that trip but in the meantime, I maintained contact with the group in the Philippines and Hawaii through social media. And that, they included me in their meetings and all that. And after about three years of uh, focusing on 
grounding our local church ministry, they asked me if I was ready to come to the Philippines again. I said, sure. <laughs> you know, it's like, I got a release from the Lord. It's yeah. like, you know, it's like, okay, I'm free. Things are structured and established enough where I have the flexibility to go. And I said, so I, I accepted and, oh, and then they asked me, they said, well, can you stay for longer than two weeks this time? And I said, sure. How long can you stay? I said, uh, two months. <laughs> <laughs> never, never having been there or anything, never having yeah. traveled outside of the country besides Mexico. So I'm like, well, I said, two months, sure. But that's how I got there. And during that two month period of living with the people, First, I was inspired by the, the house I was staying in was a house that was built by this elderly couple that lives in Hawaii that are from the Philippines. They built this house specifically for ministry and accommodating missionaries. Okay. And to know that there are people that they don't demote, devoted their lives to doing this uh, was amazing to me. And I met so many others yeah. while I was there traveling throughout the Philippines. I, met, I stayed in other homes where they were built for missionaries by people who were retired pastors now. And okay. you know, it was amazing. And so just to see how God was, you know, just providing, just having yeah. everything lined up the people in place. And so get there and I'm living with the people and in living with the people, I began to really see how God was moving. I saw such a hunger for, the gospel and it just pulled on me whereas normally the, the people are accustomed to missionaries that come and do like a, a two-week project and okay. go home yeah and, and they never see them again and so excuse me with me being there for a couple of months you know i really did build some good relationships yeah. and i got to see people how they really live not the special occasion events, but how people live on a day-to-day -day basis. And that's when I, I got to spend time with some of the youth, the young people, and to hear their concerns, their mm -hmm. their passions and their burdens. That's where, you know, which is one of the things I, I mentioned yeah. earlier is where I discovered the, you know, the young people who their, their greatest burden was not their financial needs, not health issues and education their greatest burden was that you know they were crying at night because mom and dad were not saved and that you know a six I, I don't know a 16 year old in america that it was it's not that it's not common yeah i would say i that has that type of burden and so anyway that that just told me i had to come back oh of course, the people were asking me, making they were, you know, asking me to come back. Yeah, and I committed to come back. Okay, so the, you you have the experience now where you're working on providing some kind of housing, some kind of hospitality for people. Did that come before or after this trip? Like, where did oh, that? Oh, that fit? came after. Because see, every year that I go, it's like the mission. The mission gets bigger. It grows okay. in its territory and what it covers. It, gr it grows, but also the vision 
grows. It's like yeah. the Lord could, he could only give me this much at, at first and because yeah. I would have been afraid and I would have been overwhelmed. But then it just continues to, to grow. It was, you know, it's like the, the first year, let's see, 2015, I went for two months. Then I went back in 2016. I was there for three months. Okay. And that was when I discovered the uh, remote island where we now do a medical mission. Okay. And this is going to the island. I went to the island because I knew young people who were originally from the island. Okay. They leave the island to to further their education because there's only an elementary school on the island. So after elementary school, they leave their families, make that three-hour boat ride to the mainland, and they stay with relatives there and further their education there. So going to the island where they were from, it was life-changing because, well, first of all, being in a place for a week with no electricity, that was that was interesting. Yeah. And it was so hot. So no fans or, you know, it was so hot. But being in that that environment, I experienced an annual parade that I don't think has ever been recorded, where it's like this pagan parade ritual that they do all around the island. And I, uh, from sleeping on the beach one one night, that morning I woke up and I, I heard this whistling. It was a flute playing. And I, I recorded this video of, of a this begin the beginning of a parade where they carry their statue and all of that. Oh. You know, they do like some kind of dedication in the in the sea and they do it to the four corners of the island and they pick up people along the way, kind of like a caravan. They just kind of people just add on as they go through the different villages. There are about seven villages on the island. Yeah. And seeing that and then knowing also that you had babies that were dying because they would get something as simple as diarrhea. Mm, yeah. And, you know, there's no uh, medical uh, treatment there. And part of the year, they're actually completely cut off from the rest of the world because of typhoon season. Okay. You know, all those all those hurricanes that we don't pay attention to. Uh, <laughs> kind of matter. You know, they. <laughs> Yeah, they 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 catch all of that, and so the island is pretty much cut off from society for a while. So they run out of food, but they can't. Also, if you can't afford to rent a boat, you can't take that boat that three hour ride across the sea because it's it's too risky. Oh wow! During you know during a you know because it's like a storm could come up within that time frame, and, and you got problems. Wow! Yeah. And so I couldn't talk about, by the way, it's a, a, at that point when I came back, I couldn't discuss the island without crying. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but yeah. Wow. I, I'd like to go back to that vision comment that you made a little bit about God revealing stuff, because I'm reminded of the scripture that we see first through a glass dimly, and then we see him face to face, right? And I'm, I'm of yes. the opinion that God reveals things to us like a mist parting, if you will. And I'm wondering, yeah. where, where's this vision at now? Oh gosh, the vision now, it has, in God's providence, it has come to a place where the ideal location that I wanted for the headquarters there is available. Mm -hmm. So I have to buy the land and then to build the Lord blessed me with an architect in Pittsburgh Oh wow! who volunteered to do the planning. And I mean, this is a, it's a total faith journey to do the planning so that, and her suggestion is container using containers 
Okay. Doing that container type building and which is great, you know, works out really well. But then one of my friends in one of my close friends in the Philippines is also a builder and he's connected to knowing how to do business and getting the equipment and getting everything moved to the site for building. And while I was in that area, that particular area, I just felt a need to go and minister at this church to support one of the young people who's now pastoring. It's his first church. And I just had to go there and I I stayed with the, uh, the house next door is their overseer there. I stayed with them and they were telling me that they had a nephew coming in who had built their house and they, he had to fix some things at their house, Mm. whatever. And so that was just, you know, something they just threw out there. But then during uh, Sunday worship, the guy, you know, he was in Sunday worship, which is, you know, cool. No big deal. I didn't think much of it until after I ministered and we had, you know, the service was over, we were talking and this guy, he is, he builds and he specializes in building with containers. Oh, wow. And he knows the exact location where the containers for that area would come from. Mm. And God tells me, you know, it's like, this is walking by faith. He says, you walk. And when you walk, you give me a reason to do something. If you're not walking, you don't need me to open doors. If you're not doing anything, you don't need my favor. So I need you to move in faith Mm. and I'll be with you. And I'm just watching him connect all of these dots and it's just blowing my mind. So on my part, I'm focusing on building my team here besides my local church, Okay, uh, building my team here so that the mission can receive larger donations and okay. you know the tax exemptions and all sure. of that. But in the meantime, it's about continuing to move at a steady pace and allowing God, and this is the thing, allowing God to do it so that the medical mission, it started out with one doctor who's a, a doctor, but also a dentist. It started out with one doctor and it expanded to a doctor and a dentist. And uh, in 2019, I had three doctors, a vision doctor as well. Okay. So I had three doctors and my nurse team and you know, they also did circumcision and, okay. but and during that time we have a DBS outreach and door to door outreach on the Island so that we're ministering to the people and to experience the, the hunger there. It's like, now I want to, when, with the location, I'll be able to provide more consistent care and ministry to that Island. But also I believe that it's setting the pattern for ministry to other island people groups because the Philippines is 7,604 islands. Yeah. And at least 2,000 of those islands are known to be inhabited. And you will only discover other islands that are inhabited through your relationships with the people, through real relationships. And I believe that this is a pattern for doing the same for other people groups that are, you know, in, in those islands, people who are forgotten, people who are, they, they don't have access to ministry and, and people who don't, they don't know who Jesus is. 
So that's that's really what it's about. Yeah. This, you know, consistent ministry. And and also it would be less expensive once I can stay there because I will be able to store clothing without having to worry about my clothing being destroyed due to molding because of okay. the 90 plus uh, humidity. So I'll, <laughs> I'll, my clothing will be okay and I won't have to take things back and forth all the time. Wow. But yeah, it's it's about consistency of ministry. You'd mentioned relationship being a, a real key. I'm wondering, are there relationships right now that are missing that you're waiting on God to open up some doors? Well, in the Philippines, the relationships are, it's amazing how, how God has connected the dots and built the network that I have over there of people that, you know, people in government, people in ministry, people who have the information and the the relationships that are necessary for fulfilling the vision. Hmm. The challenge, I believe, is here in the U.S., having the support to do it. Okay. That team, it's like I have to be technologically savvy savvy (laughs) and, (laughs) um, yeah, I mean, it would be awesome if I had a a team that could do a podcast for me. Oh, yeah. awesome if I had a grant writing team. It would be awesome if I had, you know, just, but in the meantime, I just have to keep on going and and doing it, just staying, remaining steady. Yeah. It's like, I'm excited. Like at the end of last year, in December, end of December, I completed my, or I finally published my first website. Okay. Which is something I needed to do a long time ago, but I published my first website and I'm excited about that. It's dwafm.org. Okay. So, you know, yeah, I'm excited about that. And it's kind of like a one-stop shop thing where you can go there to find out a lot of information about the mission and you can connect with me and you can see more about what I do, what we do and people who are part of the network, Mm. people who are connected in the Philippines, as well as eventually people who are here. Yeah. We'll definitely link that up in the episode notes for people, because I want people to go visit that and connect with you. That's my ulterior motive. I want them to connect with you. One of the things about me as I look over my walk with the Lord is it seems like I spend about 50% of my time asking God why we haven't done something yet, and the other half of the time telling Him it's too soon. I'm really encouraged (laughs) to hear how you've walked this out. And as we start to bring this to a close, I'm just wondering if you were able to leave the people that we're connecting with right now, that we're sharing your story with, with just one or two thoughts, what would you leave them with? Number one, obey God, Mm. which requires surrender, submission, but obey God, knowing that it's about positioning. Mm. God has a plan for you and he needs your obedience, your cooperation, your buy-in in order for him to do all that he wants to do in your life. And that comes from your obedience. So it's not about obey God because he said so. Obey God because he loves you and he wants to be glorified in you Mm. and through you. So that, and then which I guess the other thing which is connected to that is just that to know that I am responsible for obedience. God is responsible for results. Wow. Yeah. So I don't have to stress over what if, you know, it's like, I, I, I don't deal with what if. I just stand on the word of God and do my best to obey his word and his will and 
allow God to do whatever it is that he wants to do, which may not fit into my understanding of things. And I can't see the bigger picture that he sees. So just trust that God knows what he's doing. He knows his desired result. Very good stuff. For those of you that are listening, we'll definitely make sure that we have that linked up. Oh, I forgot to ask you. I, I always ask people, how can we best pray for you? It's, it's been too long. How can we best pray for you? <laughs> I guess it, as I prepare this year to go back in April, pray for the provision, also for the continued strengthening of the relationships, because it's mm. all about relationships. Because that's how you know what's real yeah. versus dealing with con artists and things like that. Yeah, relationships. Okay, yeah. And, and again, for those of you that are listening, I do encourage you, just like every time, take a minute, pause it right now. Talk to God about Don and what God's doing in his life, those relationships, the the travel, all of that stuff, because our prayers matter and what we do matters to the kingdom, not because God can't do it without us, but because we can't be involved unless we're involved. So I'd encourage you to do that. Don, it's just absolutely wonderful to connect with you. I've so enjoyed this time, and I really look forward to hearing more about what God's doing in your life. Thank you so much. God bless you. Thank you, Brian. It's been an honor. I mentioned at the beginning that since I'm not publishing quite as often, I was going to have for you a resource. I have a list of podcasts focused on missions and church planting available at podchaser.com. Podchaser.com is kind of like the IMDB, the, uh, the database of podcasting where you can find information about shows and hosts and things like that. And they also have lists. You can find this particular list at engagingmissions.com slash podcast list. That will redirect you to this particular list on Podchaser. And there you're going to find shows like Missions Pulse or the Global Mission Podcast or Movements with Steve Addison or Crescent Project Radio and, and a number of other shows. And my goal is to provide you with a place to find stuff to fill the gap in case my publishing schedule changing has messed up what you've got going on. So I would encourage you to check that out. You can find that at engagingmissions.com slash podcast list. On a personal note, I am starting to get caught up on work, uh, the stuff that I've been working on for editing and some things like that, and I'm getting faster as an editor. However, I do miss being behind the microphone as consistently as I once was, but for right now, I guess I have to be kind of okay with where we are. Uh, however, there are some other responsibilities and other areas that are picking up in my life. And as I was thinking about this today, I just thought it was really interesting how God will often make space in one area and then fill it up in another. So I, I appreciate his providence in doing that. Those of you who are close to me might already know that our senior pastor of about 30 years now has recently announced that he'll be retiring next year. And while we do have a new pastor selected, I suspect there's going to be some additional work and some additional needs as we walk through this transition. So I'm thankful that I'm able to do what I expect will be needed during this time. So I'm glad that there's this space, even though it'll kind of fill up some of the time that I thought I was going to get back. But that is what it is. And if you're wondering, since I've stopped publishing as often, I have seen a little bit of a decrease in how many times this show is downloaded. However, I've actually been surprised at how how much it's still being downloaded, especially since I didn't publish anything in January of this year. So what I was expecting to see was a pretty significant drop-off, and I saw a little bit of a drop-off, but not as much as I expected. And what I think that means 
is that people are still finding the show and finding it valuable. So for those of you who have reached out to me or who have shared this show on social media or by email or by just reaching out to people directly to tell them about it, thank you. I've not done much to promote this show over the last month or so. So I really think that it's largely because of what you're doing to spread the word. And I'm really encouraged that this show seems to be meeting some needs for some people. So I thank you very much for that. Huge thank you to Don Armstead for being with us and also to you for joining us. Episode notes are available at engagingmissions.com slash Don Armstead. Or if you're listening in your favorite podcast app, there's a really good chance you can tap or swipe or click or however you get to the episode notes from there. But you'll want to check those out because that's going to be a place where you can connect with him. You can take action on what you've heard. All of that right there is at engagingmissions.com slash Don Armstead. And Since I'm not publishing quite as often, I would encourage you to subscribe to the show so you don't miss any episodes when they come out. I don't currently have another one scheduled, but when it's available, I don't want you to miss it. And you can do that at engagingmissions.com slash subscribe. And one other request for you, if you've enjoyed this show, or if you know somebody who would benefit from it, I'd ask you that you maybe help us spread the word because you could be the person that God uses to create a connection or to help somebody or encourage somebody or provide some resource. So I'd encourage you to do that. Send them to engagingmissions.com slash subscribe. There they can choose their favorite podcast app and they can get it delivered for free as well. One more time, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate you and I really look forward to getting that next episode out. <laughs>